Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verse 16, it says, Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So the shield of faith is seeing the answer, knowing the truth, and then you'll be able to extinguish things that are not true. And then it goes on and says, uh, verse 17, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which we know from studying is the spoken word of God. It says, take that, use it, where? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful, to this end with all perseverance and all supplication for all saints. So he said, you need to be grounded in the word of God. The word of God needs to be in you. You have to use it on your lips. Jesus did, right, in temptation and different things like that. And we, we've looked, but not extensively. But the word of God should be our governing factor in things pertaining to prayer and life. But he said, take this praying, and then he names you know, different ways of prayer. And then it says, with all supplication, with humble requests, literally for all saints. And then it goes on and says in verse 19, where we want to get to, and for me. So he said, don't only just pray for people, pray for the preacher. Well, he already knows God. He said, pray for the minister. Did you do that? Don't raise your hand. Did you do that before you came today? Did you dial up heaven and say, I've got an appointment this morning and I'm asking, because think about it. I'm the one up here speaking now. And he said, so pray for me. Why? Lord, hopefully he doesn't wear that shirt again. Oh. Lord, I hope he doesn't go long again. Nobody laughed at that. The, the shirt, though, was funny. But, um, I, you know, whatever it is, but he tells you how to pray for him. He said this, and there are different things he asked for prayer about at different times. And this time, though, he said, pray for me that utterance would be given to me. That utterance would be given to me. That utterance would be given to me. What is utterance? It's words that are compelled by something. So what are these words going to be compelled by? Well, if you're praying to God and you're saying, God, give him utterance, who is supposed to compel me? God. So if he asked them to pray this, then he knew that God would answer their prayer. And what would happen? Then utterance would be given to the person preaching. And then what would be the result? It would change what you hear. Because you could then be hearing inspired words from me? No, from God. Because he said that utterance would be given for this purpose... Notice that utterance may be given to me that I may order a burrito correctly. No, that I may speak, open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. That I'd open my mouth boldly to speak. One place says, as 
I ought to speak. As I ought to speak. There are things that need to be heard, and here's the thing. If he gives me utterance, then basically I'm speaking forth something from him. And if I'm speaking it forth, who gets to hear it? You would if you were here. So he tells us, here's what you need to do. Pray that utterance would be given to me so that I can speak boldly these truths, these things that need to be said, the mystery of the gospel. Some things are a mystery, but if you'll read the book of Ephesians, he did not want them to remain a mystery. As a matter of fact, some of Paul's preaching, we read it before in the third chapter, he said, look, these things were a mystery and they were kept closed up. But now, they're revealed to you. Who revealed them? Paul did by the inspiration of God. We know in Acts 2, when they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, don't you guys go anywhere till you get filled with the Spirit. And, you know, that was in the first chapter, and they hung out together. Then it said they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit came and filled them to overflowing. And then it said, then they all spoke in tongues. The Spirit came and filled them. Then they spoke in tongues. They spoke in tongues. But notice the next part. As the Spirit who we could say, it doesn't say this, in the, it says, but it does tell us he came in, who gave them the utterance. Now, it does say, as the Spirit gave them the utterance. But we could add the Spirit that was now in them, because the verses before said they were filled. Then they spoke in tongues, is how it reads, as the Spirit gave the utterance. So God's Spirit's in me. God's Spirit's in you if you're saved. If you've given your life to the Lord, He lives in you. He will give me utterance. What would be good for you to hear from God? In other words, not just come hear some religious message, but hear something beyond natural hearing. So the one who's in you, who teaches you, is the one who's in me who would like to say something. And notice right hanging in the middle of God and the Spirit of God and the Word of God is your part. What would you like to hear? Would you like to hear? Didn't the Bible say in James, you have not because you ask not. You like to hear something? Ask. Super simple. Lord, I need to hear. Give him utterance so that he can speak as he ought to Paul went on to say this he said he said he said I'm an ambassador in other words what is an ambassador they are somebody sent by some kingdom or government I mean in the United States if you're an ambassador for another nation you get a special license plate you can park where you want to and throw the tickets away Somebody says, it sounds like a good job. Yeah, but if you're an ambassador from here, you live somewhere else. I don't know if it works that way there. 
But what is an ambassador? They come to a place and they speak for a government or kingdom. And Paul said, as a minister, I'm an ambassador. And so he said, I'm an ambassador in chains. I'm bound to this. This is what I'm about. Do you want to know something? The Bible also said in Corinthians that you are ambassadors for Christ. And God would like to plead through you to the world. So just like he'd like to speak through me to you, he would like to speak through you to the world. And he said, this is my life. He said, I'm in chains to this. And notice it says that in it, to this gospel, I may speak boldly as I ought to. So there are some things that I ought to be saying. There's some things you ought to be hearing. There's some things you need to hear that you may not know you need to hear. You with me? Has God ever surprised you? I don't know about you. I pray when I read my Bible, Lord, you deal with me out of this. You work with me. And I'll read through some scriptures. I was reading some the other day about Jesus being the surety or the enforcement of this new covenant. And on the inside, I was just started getting excited. I knew he was making them alive to me because I had asked. I was like, man, you guarantee this. That's part of what you're doing in heaven. You're guaranteeing this. Well, here's the thing. Anybody can read that and it be nothing. When he starts teaching you, the guy who lives on the inside, God the Holy Spirit, it'll make a big difference. And he said, we can pray that way on our own, but hey, he put giftings in the body of Christ, ministers, and if you'll pray for them, and they're genuine, and they're listening to God or spending time, God will get things through them to you. And the same spirit that I'm teaching with, if you're saved, he'll be in you, and he'll make it come alive to you. And you'll know things. You'll go, wow, that's, that's what I needed. That right there will change me. Why? Because I crafted a good sermon no, because we got, all got on the phone and started calling the Lord. Right? One man said in Psalms, I think it's 50, 50, or 51, 50, or no, that'd be, you're crazy, right? 50, whatever, 50, 15 or something. He said, call on me in the day of trouble. And I, he said, you'll hear, I'll hear and I'll answer. And you'll hear from heaven. So if we would call on him, there are various ways he'd like to get things to us from the word of God. In other words, he'll take his words that are spoken and he'll make them real to you. There will come a reality to things that are said and he gives you an invitation to hear from him. That doesn't mean that everything I'm saying you're going to hear from him in. Because here's the thing. Just like at a buffet, not everything there are you supposed to eat. Might be able to sample it, but...
but you shouldn't eat it. In other words, there may be things tailored during that service that will fit your life for the situation you're in. And then somebody else is in a totally different situation and he'll tailor something for them in the message. And the other part will be good because it'll have the breath and life and power of God on it. But that other part will mean something more to you than that part did. It'll bring nourishment, but it'll be like, man, I needed to hear that. And so why is this that he asked? Turn to... um, Turn to 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter. 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter. And we're going to begin reading in the first verse. Because, see, here's the thing. What we need to know is this. I'm not here working for the Lord. And the music team is not supposed to be here just working for the Lord. Everybody work. We're just going to do a work for the Lord. You know, it's exciting to work for the Lord. And I understand when people say that, what they mean. But think about this. If you work for a boss, do you do something for them or with them? Usually, like, if you're a car salesman and you're out on a lot, You sell the car, the boss doesn't stand with you and do the whole thing and work with you on it, right? No. I mean, if you're a bookkeeper, school teacher, you know, the principal's in the office. Notice this. He said, we then as workers together with him, not just for him, but with him. What would make it best if we were working with him? If I'm supposed to be working with him, what would make this message best? If he was working with me, what would make it not so good? Well, you could make it snappy and sharp and everything by just finding flashy things and stuff like that. But if he doesn't work with me, then I'm running this circus on my own. So here's the thing. He said, we then as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. So he said, I work with God and I want to tell you, don't receive God's grace in vain. In other words, his free gift and just just do whatever you want in your own life. Him saying that was him pleading with God, with, with you, something God wanted to get across. But it's interesting, he said, we then as workers together. All of us need to know this. God is up to something now. God is working. Jesus said the Father has been working for the, from the beginning, and I work with him. What I see, I do. He said, I work with him. He didn't say, I just do it on my own. He said, I work with him. So if you're going to work with somebody, you're going to have to get acquainted with them. You're going to have to get to know them. And here's the thing. How many people have flew off to do something for God, and they were doing it for him, but he wasn't doing it? We need to find out what he's doing and what he wants to do and what he's about and join with that, and guess what? We'll be working with him. You understand? 
And then there's proper ways to do it, because you ever, you know, had kids around, and you're pulling the wheelbarrow, you know, like this, and they're, I want to help you, I want to help you, and they run up to the side and lift it. Nobody's ever seen something like that, and you're like, you know, I want to push the cart, and you're going like this, and they run and push the side, and you end up in the aisle, and and you knock over stuff and everything. Go, I want to work with you, I want to help you. There's wisdom also with working with him. You with me? But we need to know this. God is up to something all the time. We need to find out what he's up to. And then we need to join forces with that. And when we do, we're connecting with God, his ability, his life, and everything. And then it's not me trying to lift the heavy load. It's me working with him. And so when he said here that, you know, that we are to pray for him, that utterance would be given to him, that sounds like Paul, in his life, expected to do life and ministry with God. Can God help you in all the things of life? Sure he can. Are there ways for you to connect with him and be more successful in life, business, spiritual aspects, serving in the church? Because in all reality, part of this thing that God is doing is here. And so God wants believers here doing things. But then we have a life outside of here where we need to be successful. And uh, so if we're going to connect with God, we have to have some kind of relationship with him. And didn't the Bible say if you would meditate in his word? Well, I would think if I spent time in his word, I would have opportunity to have him deal with me inside. He said, in more than one place, if you would meditate in my word day and night, he said, then you would begin to observe or be able to do it. And then look at the next part. He said, then you would make your way prosperous, and then you would have good success. God would never give us instructions for successful life if he did not want us to succeed in life. You with me? He would never do that if he wanted you to not succeed, but he wanted you to. But here's the thing, you have to partner with him. You have to join forces with him. You have to give your whole heart to him because that is the key to getting it all working is when your whole heart is in it. Not a part, but the whole heart. Just all the way. If we read through the Bible, we'll notice that. When you do that and keep that the foundation, and that's the whole heart, first place, Him, everything else will work. When it's not, it won't work. It will not work. You will not succeed. You won't move forward. But if you'll just be full out, whole heart, doesn't mean that's all you do. It just means He's first place. He's priority. He's the one you just look to. He, as you follow that, then will make life successful through your endeavor, right? Didn't it say if you would seek first? That'd be being wholehearted. The kingdom of God and his righteousness, he'd start adding things to you. How many people live their life to add things to their life and they put God second? They end up with a million dollars, but everything else is jacked up. Or they're lean inside and they're not full. 
People who are full inside are people who put the Lord first. You can tell by their actions how first place God is in their life. Because everything else is a secondary thing, but God is the primary thing. He's the priority when He's first. And it makes a huge difference. And so when He's first, then we need to start looking at His Word. And we need to say, God, I need you to deal with me out of your word. And he will. And when you do, it'll be something else. Because why? You won't just be hearing me. You'll be hearing him. And how often should we be hearing him? I don't know, but if I want a good relationship with somebody, hearing from them regularly should be important to that relationship. Would you agree? And God wants to deal with you. It would end the confusion of many things in your life and things would just start propping themselves up and getting strong if you just had constant communion or a regular time of communion where He was able to deal with your heart. It would just start shedding things out of your life. It'd be so different than just, you know, Reading a manual. Because once he starts dealing with you, there's huge reality in that. Then all the confusion and junk in the world starts finding its place. What place is that? Not priority, not reality. You start recognizing this ain't it. And you start living out of a place of reality with God. Why? Because, you know... He deals with me when other people are like, oh, why do you believe that? Why do you do that? Well, man, if, if he's not dealt with you in a long time, you might be going, well, I, 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 don't, I don't know. But if you'll progress with him and move with him and ask him, you deal with me, Lord. And then you do the things where he can deal with you. In other words, you sit and you hear. Then you sit and you hear. In other words, here, you hear. And then there, you can hear. They said, that's confusing. Meaning in church, you ask God, deal with him. At home, say, God, deal with me. Because he wants to speak to you. Think how big time this is in his life that he would invest gifts and abilities into humans that then he would put them in the earth, try to train them and try to raise them and get them into their place so that they could eventually speak to you things from Him. So that your heart could be fed by things from Him. Turn with me to Hebrews. This may seem like such a, a real interesting verse when we read it concerning what we're talking about, but I believe this. When we read it, you might go, how does this fit into what you are saying right now. Well, I'm not going to tell you. Hebrews 10, verse 38. Know this in Hebrews, I said this earlier, these people had been, been, been pressured by religious people to turn away from walking personally with the Lord and going back to the old religious traditions they had been in that didn't bring life, that didn't cleanse them inside and make them new and give them good standing with God. 
and go back to all these rituals. They're being pressured. And, and Paul makes this statement about them not going backwards. And then the whole 11th chapter, he goes and gives illustration after illustration of people that faced circumstances in life and followed God and had great victories and served Him all their days. Notice this in verse 38. It says, um, Now the just... That means the righteous or people who have received Christ, they've been put in good standing with God. He said, shall live by faith. Now remember, he goes on and talks about people living by faith. People who knew things from God and followed it. In other words, if you pray and say, God, deal with me, you give him utterance, you're going to start hearing things from him. He's going to deal with your heart individually, and then you're going to have a choice to accept it and act on it, and then you'll be living by faith, just like these guys. I mean, you, we'd just be able to squeeze your name right in there after Noah and right before Abraham. Just put your name right in there. And they're living by faith. How? Because you faith comes when you hear from God, and it's not an audible voice. It's a knowing many times inside. It's a quickening. And so he said here, now the just shall live by faith. But this is where I wanted to get to. If anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. This was in the case of people that were being pressured to turn away from Christ and reject him and go back and start living a wrong life. Paul said, my soul will have no pleasure in you if you do that. I have no pleasure in that. None whatsoever. It didn't mean he didn't love them, but there was nothing pleasing about somebody walking away from the Lord. Nothing pleasing. Nothing pleasing. It doesn't please the Lord. And he said, and I find no pleasure. In other words, that doesn't please me, doesn't make me happy. Now, here's the thing. We could look at that negative and go, that's true. He said, my soul has no pleasure when people are doing this that's wrong. Do you think Paul lived depressed all the time and just no pleasure? No. He was pleased in certain things that were happening. We need to know this. There are some things in life we just should not find pleasure in and not let our soul uh, and our emotions get pleased in wrong things and let it be pleased in bad things. Because we have a right to what we laugh and enjoy and what we train ourselves in loving and liking in life and what we accept and what we find pleasure in. And he said, listen, in this area, uh, and I'm sure in his own life, because there were things he counted loss for Christ. In other words, he didn't find pleasure in them so that he might gain the excellency of the knowledge of him. Here's an area we should be pleased and have pleasure in in hearing from God, in feasting at his table, at feasting on words from heaven. If we don't find pleasure in that, does God want you, as you, if you serve God, he wants you to have no pleasure? No. It should be the most pleasing thing. And he said, listen, my soul does not have pleasure in that. But I will say this. 
our souls then should have pleasure. He said, he said he let everything else go in his life that he would gain the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. He, that's where he found his pleasure. That's, it was pleasing to his soul to hear from God. That's why you need to pray and say, Lord, I need to hear something today when I'm at church. Or maybe even start on Friday so God doesn't have to give me something three minutes before in the office. They're praying. Here you go. You know what I mean by that? Maybe start praying through the week. Start praying when you're reading the Word. And then when you run into stuff and you're like, I don't understand that, Lord, say, teach me. I bet you there will be times that he would even use me or someone else to teach you. And think of the relationship that's being built. Because how many Christians have said, I never hear from God? They're out there. I never hear from God. I never hear from God. Well, that's not true. It might have been a real, 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 real long time that you've recognized something, but what if you said, you, Lord, give him utterance, what would happen? Then you would start hearing. You would start knowing. You start reading and say, Lord, show me. He'd start teaching. Our souls need to feast until they're pleased with this stuff. I mean, you know, the Bible said God will set and prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. He'll prepare it. He'll do it. Here's the thing. When I hear from him, I can have direction for my life. I know what I need to know. This that I'm talking about, in all reality, is part of your personal relationship with God. You know how people say, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. Right? So then, in your relationship, it would be good for you to say, Lord, you never talk to me. No. Say, Lord, speak to me. Deal with me out of the word. Give utterance. And here's the thing. Feast there. Learn to have your soul pleased in spending time with him. Because here's the thing. Your soul can be trained different ways. Your spirit knows things. And we want to get our mind, our will, our emotions, our soul lined up with the new man on the inside. With our spiritual nature that we receive when we receive Christ. I'll tell you what. I wonder if there are a lot of things that the Lord would like to say to us. He said that to the disciples in John 16. He said, I'm going to go away. The Holy Spirit's going to come. He said, there's many things I still have to say to you. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will take of mine and give it, reveal it, and show it unto you. Think about it. He put his spirit in you. He put his spirit in me and on me. Gave gifts and abilities so that I would be able to speak things by inspiration that could answer secrets in your life that nobody else knows but just you and God, and then you get up and leave, and everybody goes, wasn't that good? And you say, you don't know how good that was.
and nobody has to be let in on it. Just I speak it. God deals with you on the inside. You get up and leave. And that was not an ordinary service. There was actually something unseen happening. God was dealing with you through a guy with a shirt that you may like or may not. (laughs) 